We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Chiefs preseason is here. College football is right around the corner. And the Royals are actually really fun to watch right now. I've got it all right here on the best of everything with Charlie Hustle. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. This is the best of everything presented by Charlie Hustle. I am your host, Michaela Bennett, and I'll be talking about everything Kansas City Sports Network has to offer. So first off, the Kansas City Chiefs will travel to Chicago today and play the Bears for their first preseason game. Now, will Patrick Mahomes play? Will he play a drive? Will he play a quarter? We don't really know. But the guys at KC Laboratory talked all about it and what to expect for the Kansas City Chiefs first game. Craig's right, though. I think the most important thing is, is, is avoiding injury. And the, the hellscape that is uh, Chicago, uh, the 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 Bears Stadium is you know Soldier Field is definitely worth uh, we're talking about here because Cairo Santos has to go to like oh. just like run down you know fields to try to mimic the conditions of Soldier Field. I'm just hoping off the top nobody gets hurt, please. Just please, like that's it. I'm sorry, but when your kicker is having to go to random fields in the middle of you know, random high school fields that aren't taken care of, like it's not just oh, I'm gonna go to any high school and start practicing, have to go to specific ones that aren't taken care of to get the I, it just speaks volumes to the grounds crew that the Kansas City Chiefs have because that grass is a, just lush all the time. I, I will play, I will pander the audience there, but yeah, I. <laughs> get in don't get hurt like honestly when you guys heard that i'll just throw this back out there when you guys heard that was your immediate reaction don't play any of the starters because it was it was for me like i'm like i don't want those guys on the field again maddie what was your reaction to that 
Um, yeah, I'm still uh, picking this uh, information up as we're going now. So, like, you know, this is a, this is relatively new to me. Um, what? We're opening <laughs> we're opening a game preview talking about the way the field is kept. We're getting live football for the first time in months, and we're spending 10 minutes talking about how they grow their grass, what kind of water they, they use, don't. what color. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. That's the problem. <laughs> this is how we're opening the first game preview. Okay, yeah, you know what? They might We might as well just, you know, not play any starters. Keep the second stringers off too. Let's just match the field conditions. Let's only play oh. <laughs> the reserves of the reserves. Nobody that's going to make the 53 should play in this particular game because we are starting this bad boy off on a heater. Do we do we think Patrick Mahomes plays? Yes, yes or no, I, Maddie? I, yes. Yeah, I think he gets a drive. I think I, he does do. too. Yeah. I think Andy's not gonna change Andy's not gonna change it because of this. Andy's not gonna no. change what he would normally do. So go back and look at what he did last year, figure out what it looks like. That's what you're gonna get. You're gonna get one drive of Patrick Mahomes, three and out, 12 plays, whatever it may be. You're getting one drive from Patrick Mahomes, whether he throws the ball 12 times or zero times. That's that's what's gonna come out of this game. Well, the Chiefs definitely have some questions to figure out as far as what they're going to do after their first preseason game. I think a lot of people have their eyes set on college football and what that means. So our Mizzou That's Who show talked about what is going to look like for Mizzou this season, you know, who their starting quarterback is going to be, what their what their whole roster is going to look like. So they talked about that a little bit. So we'll tune in there to see what they had to say. Big topic, uh, Gabe. I know you've been out there covering Mizzou football practice, the the fall mm-hmm. camp that's officially started, and and I think they put the pads on on Sunday, so I think we can officially start talking about football. Is that fair? Can we can we start that? Now? Yeah, that that sounds right. I mean, I've seen slightly more than you guys have probably, but not <laughs> a lot. Um, you know, back back in the day, it was. I mean, I remember, you know, up till two thousand twelve. It was literally every practice wide open. You could talk to whoever you wanted to. You could report whatever you wanted to. We would do virtual play-by-plays of practice. I mean, I would have to get babysitters and stuff because it was 15-hour days. Now, I don't know how many practices Missouri has. I know I've been allowed to see 30 minutes of three of them. So, obviously, (laughs) you know everything. (laughs) Absolutely. That is plenty for me to just lay out the complete depth chart, tell you the game plan, absolutely all the knowledge that you'd ever need to know in 90 minutes. Well, then who's starting QB? I actually kind of think <laughs> I do know that one. I'm be surprised if it's not Brady cook. Um, I, I, I mean, he came in as number one and just, you know, again, nobody's saying this on the record. I know uh, Drinkwood said on the radio in Kansas city last, last week, he thought he'd know by the end of this week. I imagine he'll tell us like Tuesday before they play Louisiana tech or something, but I I would, I I don't gamble. I don't know if you guys do. If so, if, if I gambled someone else's money, I would put it on Brady cook at this point. Obviously Mizzou is not the only team that we cover and they are also not the only team that is preparing for their season. So we have the guys that talk about K state, what their roster is going to look like this year, what recruiting next year should look like and everything that you need to know about K-State football on the Three Mob podcast. I think they have a pretty talented roster right now. They'd love to have Keontae Johnson add to it for this season, and we'll talk about him a little later. But uh, they probably have a team that can really compete for, you know, taking that next step forward from what we've seen the last couple of years. But R.J. Jones, a little bit different than Day-Day Ames. Day-Day Ames, probably a little bit more of a ball handler, uh, 
a, a pretty good shooter, but that's probably not where he, you know, butters his bread, um, his tight ball handling and just his ability to attack the rim. Uh, as a left-hander is probably what, what he brings to the table. And when it comes to RJ Jones, that's when you get the prolific scoring and the elite shooter, because that's what he brings to the table. Um, and he has, you know, a lot of ability on that end of the floor. And you're probably going to look at his film and see him take some questionable shots just because he has so much confidence, uh, whether it be, you know, mid-range, uh, outside from beyond the three-point line. Um, he hasn't met a shot where he doesn't like at this point. Um, a lot of confidence, and he knocks it down a lot, a lot of them as well. Uh, shot selection is something that I'll probably work with him a little bit on, but you don't want to, you know, shy away his trigger. And he has a quick one at this point, and he's very efficient with it. So uh, a shooter, a scorer, that's what you're getting with R.J. Jones. Uh, him and Day-Day will be really good compliments to one another because Day-Day really likes to set up his teammates. That's probably not R.J.'s number one option, but he can do that as well. Um, a really good combination when you blend the two together. And they're probably not done. Are they done at guard? We'll find out. Um, probably done at the off-guard spot. I think they, they feel good about where they are there. Um, whether they land another true point guard or not, we'll see. I, I can't really make that determination at this point. But I think they'll be hunting forwards moving moving forward. And and RJ actually alluded to that himself, right? He brought up Michaela Bridge being one of the primary targets that he'll pursue. You know, they talked a little bit about recruiting in there for, you know, the following seasons, what it's going to look like going forward. And I think that's something that the Royals should definitely look into, you know, what they have coming for next year. And we talked a little bit about that on One Royal Way, as well as like what the rookies look like this year. But I'm going to send it over to the Royals Farm Report to give you guys a little bit of an update on what's going on in the farm system for the Royals, what they have to look forward to, what the guys in the minor leagues are doing. So we'll get this that started. Down in Columbia, the low A fire, the low A Columbia Fireflies, the pitching staff is starting to become more and more intriguing. And I find mm. myself every night, the way I watch minor league baseball generally is what pitching matchup am I most interested in? Is there a starter I'd really like to see? Is there a starter on the other team I'd like our, to see our hitting prospects go against? And every single night, I find myself wanting to tune in to watch Columbia. They're struggling. The offense is still a lot of really young guys who aren't coming around. But the pitching staff has been outstanding. Shane Panzini this week made two starts. In those two starts, he made a combined eight innings with 10 hits, six walks, seven strikeouts, and five earned runs. Not great, not terrible either. The second outing much more promising than the first. In the first outing, one strikeout, three walks. It looks to me like Panzini and Kaderna both are trying to pitch more to contact than they are learn to strike guys out and learning to be power pitchers. Not a fan. I would much rather see Panzini and Kaderna both go after guys and try to strike them out and try to be dominant, try to be powerful. But that may not be the intention. Like just because it's our perceived intention, the, the hardest part about minor league baseball is we don't get a press conference with the coach and the pitching coach and the pitchers after every single start. So uh, Ben Coderna, who I was just referencing, his start this week, five and a third innings. He only allowed three runs, but he got one strikeout to four walks. Frank Mazzucato walked three and five innings of work. 
the all uh, Ben Hernandez walked a couple in four innings, although Ben Hernandez also had seven strikeouts. Yeah. It just seems like control is continually being an issue that we talk about with pitchers at every level. Although the stuff at low A is outstanding. Luinder Avila had a decent start, struck out six in four innings. I do want to talk about Jonathan, Jonathan. I don't know if it's Jonathan or if there's a if there's a different way you pronounce it. I need to figure that out. Jonathan Bernal, he was signed by Toronto out of Mexico at the age of 17. He is now 20 years old. He was the return in the Foster Griffin trade. He relieved Frank Mazzucato the other night. Four innings of scoreless ball, one walk, seven Ks. The pitching staff down there has been phenomenal. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, talking about the Royals, BJ Kissel sat down with Joel Goldberg this week to talk about his experience broadcasting, how he got to where he is so far in his career, and what it's like to cover the Royals. So he talks a little bit about, you know, the ups and downs of covering a team that doesn't exactly have the best record. Um, so we'll go over to that one and see what Joel has to say. You see him as that guy that you kind of work with a little bit. You see him in locker room, you get to know their personalities a little bit. And over time, I got to see guys are more comfortable when I was around and they could just kind of show their personalities a little bit. And then you have the pressure of my job is to kind of portray this story and this, um, you know, give this perspective that people can't find a lot of places That's because right. similar with Royals, similar with Chiefs is that everybody can watch a game and have an opinion on what was good, what was bad. That's so much of content nowadays, but there are very few people that have the access and the perspective and the relationships uh, to be able to give fans that insight that they can't find anywhere else and be able to do that well. And the people who take pride in it, it's easy to see with you, not only the, just the ability to do it, but the way that when you do the interviews with the players that they're, their guard is down and you can see it post game when you do this stuff it's just they're they're easy they're comfortable yeah. around you and that's a that's a nuance that uh, I don't think people uh, should take for granted when they're watching you do what you do uh, and you've been doing it for so long and I, I want to ask this question now because when I was with the Chiefs they were good from the moment I first got there you know I got there in 2014 Andy Reid's second year they were already going to be pretty good they were good the time I was there you've seen downs and ups and you've seen the whole and back to downs, it. yeah. <laughs> back, what, I was going to say getting through it or getting yeah. back to it uh, right now because they've got some young talent. Yeah. There's a lot of reasons to be excited. Uh, but what's been the hardest part since you first joined there of just in general your job as it relates to connecting fans with the stories? Yeah, it's not really so much the losses. I mean, I think that a lot of people, based on the the people that I hear from, friends, family, whatever it is, 
um, that'll start to check on my well-being. And my partner, Jeff Montgomery, gets the same thing. And I, I try to remind everybody, you, you know, they're, they're paying me to talk about baseball. Like, it's always easier when a team's winning. But let, let's not make this out to sound like I've got a rough life because a team is losing. Yeah. Hey, how you do? Even my mom, she stopped eventually over the years. But, you know, like, oh, sorry about the loss. Like, that one I never get. Like, hey, sorry that they lost. Like, look, I wish they won, <laughs> but I, I'm going to go home and sleep okay. Obviously, Joel has had a long career so far in Kansas City and, um, you know, a lot of ups and downs and people don't really understand what it's like to be a broadcaster for a team that, you know, doesn't necessarily have the best games to cover. But the Royals right now are super fun to watch. So I'm sure he's enjoying his job a lot right now. There's a lot to look forward to for the Royals for the next few years. But um, another one of our shows that we have um, beyond the game, they sat down with Coach Bobby April, Lamonte Winston, and um, they talked about, you know, their coaching experiences, what it was like to used to be in football, um, you know, and like Joel said, just because he's, you know, covering a team that it's bad day, it doesn't make his life bad. And that's something that the guys talked about and beyond the game, you know, gratitude and that you should be very thankful for where you are. Um, and that's kind of what they explained on the show. So I'll let you guys tune into that. It was that gratitude, you know, oh, yeah. here through Coach April. And it's it's this gratitude. It's just, you know, staying with gratitude. And, you know, when you're grateful, you're thankful. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it, it's impossible to be to, to be grateful and bitter at the same time. You can only yeah, be one or the other. Right. Coach, did we get you back? I hope so. I don't know yeah. what happened. There you go. Oh, we got you. Hey, uh, technology's not perfect. Well, no, I, I don't think it's on your end. Uh, I, I think we're having some – we've been having a lot of thunderstorms here and maybe gotcha. somewhere in the weather and the clouds or, or something may have happened. Uh, well, I can tell you yeah, I don't I, miss any of that humidity down there, that's for sure. Uh, well, you know we have it. Uh, I know. But like I said, I think I, I, I think the, 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 the gratitude part was taught to me by my father. Yeah. And uh, – and, uh, and so I was very grateful. And that, that was a, a key asset to have when you're, well, in anything, <laughs> you know, right. in, yeah. in any endeavor in life, if you have that, you've got a commodity that uh, is, is precious. Yeah. And so, Coach, um, Lamont and I talked about this uh, earlier on, but we're curious your thoughts. I mean, you were in those meetings for training camp. You know, we like to talk about what the players are going through right now. And it's it's camp, which is just it's, – it's no fun. I don't care how much you love football. In my mind, it's just not the greatest. And it's stressful because there's 90 guys there and only 53 uh, are, are going to make it through. Um, can you talk uh, – you know, without names, but can you talk about, you know, some of the, the things you were in as far as how heated the, those meetings may get in terms of – dealing with the players that are going to make the team and how important special teams is in that equation? <laughs> That's a really good question because uh, for, for in only the last, I don't know, four or five years of my career, I had an assistant. So I spoke as a lone entity yeah. for that area. And, uh, probably probably came off looking really really selfish to many of my coaching comrades because i was fighting for that area 
And in most cases, you know, I was outnumbered, you know, five right. to one on the five one defense. And, you know, so uh, if there were people that I really wanted, but they didn't, um, I would try to make a convincing argument to the head coach, the general manager, uh, about why this person was important. And I would, you know, probably sometimes uh, might not be as diplomatic as I should. But, <laughs> but, but at the same time, if I didn't fight for that player, that I felt was right to make a difference. And, and, and again, I wasn't, if I was fighting for, I hope I didn't mess up by moving this phone. If I no, was fighting fine. for a player, if I was fighting for a player, let's say at uh, cornerback, I wasn't saying, you know, let's keep this player and cut Rod Woodson. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't trying to uh, just destroy the whole team. I was talking about maybe with the sixth corner or the fifth corner. You know, I think that's really important for the guys to point out that just because you're advocating for one person doesn't mean that you are, you know, cutting down another person at all. I think that's something that people really need to remember. And, you know, looking into college football this year um, on our show booth review, talking about the Kansas Jayhawks, um, Kent Swanson sat down, sat down with Scott Chasen and they talked about the running back position. And there's, you know, a lot of different options at the running back position with Kansas this year. What that means, you know, are they going to go with a couple of different guys? What does that mean for Kansas? What does that mean for each individual player? Maybe someone has, you know, one feature that's better than the other. Maybe someone's a little bit quicker, but someone can, you know, has more power. So I think a lot of times people need to, you know, kind of evaluate fully, just like they were saying in um, Beyond the Game, you know, just because someone is advocating for someone, just like Coach Bobby April was saying, doesn't mean that the other person isn't as important either. So we'll look at what the, they're thinking that Kansas is going to do with the running back position and see what's going to look like for the season. I think body type, they're all kind of vastly different, right? Devin Neal is, he can pretty much do it all. I, I would be stunned if he's not the number one guy. Kai Thomas was a little bit stockier than I thought he was going to be. And that's not me saying stocky to mean out of shape or something. I, I just mean he's a little bit more stocky, smaller than I thought he'd be. Um, but no, he looked impressive. Daniel Hyshaw, that's the guy to me. His body, I, he's always been a bowling ball. He's always been the power back. He's always been a downhill runner. Just a guy you can send out in short yardage situations. And they were doing that when he was a freshman. That dude is jacked. That dude is in great shape. And we didn't get to see Savion uh, Morrison. He wasn't out there. I think they said they gave him a little bit of a break um, just because maybe he's been going through some stuff or maybe he needed it. Um, I, I think it was more physical, though, and I don't think, I think that's he, of a concern. And I think he had some issues in the spring as well, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. So there's some that. Yeah, but the, they've got a room. And, like, Tory Lachlan is now the fifth running back, which, as a side note, Tory Lachlan has bounced quarterback to running back to receiver back to running back. I, he's been everywhere. At one point, someone on the – Coaching staff told me he could play linebacker. Um, Tory Lachlan, I, I think, what he had a play last year where I think he was like split out wide or something. He had like a 35-yard touchdown. It was like, oh, yeah, they can use this guy too before he had an ankle injury. So, no, I, I think that's a I, – I think that's legitimately in competition to be the best running backs room in the Big 12. I don't think mm -hmm. it is. I think it's like probably third maybe. Um, but I think it's definitely up there. I think it's versatile and – We'll talk about Andy Kotelnicki in a little bit. 
but he had a quote where he basically said something to the effect of, there's no rule that says you can't play four running backs at the same time. <laughs> and that is like the, oh, hey, a lot of this team's best players are running backs. And like, to be honest, I'm kind of shocked they were able to bring this collection of talent together. Um, and these guys were all sort of willing to make it work, bringing in two transfers like this, um, knowing that like if you're Savion Morrison, your RB3, probably, I mean, he can do other things. He can split out wide or whatever, but that, that competition to me is exciting for KU. I think, I think that's the definite strength of this team. Well, and, and I, you, you kind of wonder maybe like Daniel, Daniel Hashaw gets forgotten about a little bit probably. And you probably, you know, maybe they weren't necessarily banking on him to, you know, return to full form or, you know, they're just kind of planning. I know Andy, Andy Koldnicki, one of his phrases is having a pair and a spare. A pair and a spare. I think that's a great motto to have. I think the Chiefs going into this first preseason game are going to see who their spare is going to be. You know, what is Mizzou, KU, and K-State football? What, who's their spare is going to be? Who's their star is going to be? The Royals obviously have a ton of talent, ton of young talent, and their rookies are so much fun to watch right now. So I am supporting the Chiefs on, you know, preseason game one with my Charlie Hustle Kansas City Chiefs shirt. If you love this or any of the shirts that our hosts are wearing in any of these shows, you can get yours at Charlie Hustle. And it is an amazing brand, amazing quality. And once again, I'm Michaela Bennett. And this has been the best of everything that Kansas City Sports Network has to offer, presented by the one and only Charlie Hustle.